Hi, everyone. Welcome to Wild Gravity Travelcast. Uh, my name is Jim. This is being recorded on April 21st, 2019, Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, everybody, if you celebrate. Uh, we're going to break right into the news momentarily, so uh, that'll be coming up very quickly. And then after the quick break, Brent will be joining us along to talk about Kings Island opening weekend. So I'm not going to talk too much about Kings Island opening weekend stuff in the news. Um, but we are going to talk about one thing. So let's get right to the news. So in the news we have, today we have, uh, we are going to start at Kings Island. Opening weekend uh, was pretty good. It was cold and rainy. Uh, and you'll hear me say that later, probably. But uh, it was cold and rainy, but the park was well Looked very well, really great, uh, especially International Street. Again, get into that. The big news story, news-wise, is we have massive land clearing off uh, between Firehawk, Dinosaurs Alive. All the trees are getting wiped out over there. I mean, it looks really muddy because it's been raining, but we've got – there's just so much space be being opened up very quickly. And I think we even had a user uh, send us a picture – of what it looked like back in March, like an aerial shot of what it looked like back in March, and they hadn't even done anything then. So this has happened in the past month or so that we've seen so much land clearing taking place. Um, and we have a full post, tons of details already up on the website, video on our YouTube page. So make sure to subscribe to that because I'm sure we're going to have a lot more to share this season, especially as this project develops uh, on that. And we've got already have uh, Kings Mills Antique Autos, great ride, uh, wonderful ride. We'll talk about that. Uh, we've got tons of content up on the website for that as well. Breaking into other news that we have, Tigris opened. Everybody was hyped for a day or two. Bloggers were super excited, and they moved on. As usual, the Florida bloggers just moved right on. Uh, our favorite trespasser went back to trespassing for track pictures of the new RMC. And that's about it on that. Uh, we've got not much else to talk about. I realized that we recorded a show late in the week last week, like on Wednesday. So kind of already covered half the week's news. Uh, and this is going to be a long interview probably on, or a long discussion between Brent and I on the Kings Island opening weekend. Uh, the one other thing I will share is again, remember that this Thursday we'll be at Kentucky Kingdom for their media day. Uh, checking out Kentucky Flyer, and I can't wait to go ride Kentucky Flyer. It's going to be really exciting. Um, we have our goggles at the ready for coasting at Kentucky Kingdom. It's going to be great to see the park again, and I'm sure we'll have tons of content coming out of the park there. So stay tuned for all of that. So that's about all I think I have to talk about in the news. Let me check real quick on the list. Uh, that's, yeah. I mean, we're seeing some rumors and stuff. You can always go over to Screamscape. They've got all the little news and rumors going around. Um, and that's uh, that's about it on the news. So coming up after the break, we will have an interview with Brent talking about Kings Island opening weekend, all the excitement, all the fun of Beast 40, New International Street, the Glockenspiel, uh, and even more. So stay tuned for that.
Okay, welcome back everyone. Uh, joined by Brent for our special segment today, which we're just going to talk about all the exciting changes uh, that I mentioned in the news at the beginning of the show uh, to Kings Island. Uh, Kings Island's opening weekend, we had a chance to go to Passholder Preview, which was cold and rainy. And then we had a chance to go to opening day, which was cold and rainy. Uh, but I'm joined by Brent, who uh, is an even bigger fan of Kings Island than I am. And I really like Kings Island, but I know he likes it just a little more than me. So what, before we dive into the details, what was your biggest takeaway from Kings Island opening weekend, we'll call it? Uh, there was no Firehawk, which is a sad, sad, sad day of Kings Island with no Firehawk. But if we're going on things that we didn't already know, um, International Street looked amazing. The new stonework, the new fountains all look absolutely amazing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I was expecting vast changes, you know, coat of paint, uh, fountain to look definitely different, and it didn't hurt as much as I thought it would, uh, seeing without the big fountain tubs there. Uh, but the, the pavers in that on the pathway definitely looked a lot better than I thought they would, and the whole layout. Um, so we'll just start there. We'll start at the entrance, International Street. Um, the buildings are all painted really nicely. The pathways are well done. I think the seating area is even better because they got rid of that concrete like edge around the whole, whole fountain. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think I would like that idea either. And they made it look really nice and really well done. Yeah, nothing looks changed per se, but it all looks refreshed and redone and revitalized. Yeah, agreed. It's it feels like a whole new Kings Island. And then you walk down, you walk towards Fest House, and you see the Glockenspiel uh, in action, which is something uh, neither of us have ever gotten to see. Exactly. And and that just bring brings even more life to it. It plays like the chicken dance song, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm sure it has an official German name. <laughs> it probably does, but it's the chicken dance song to most of us. Uh, but wonderful figures, wonderful restoration there. Uh, all of International Street, for sure. Uh, moving into... Let's move into the new ride, because I guess, you know, we talked and covered this on the website endlessly towards the end of the season last year. Um, Kings Mills Antique Autos, what are, what are your takeaways there before I give mine? It was a little bit smaller than I imagined. Not a small ride by any means, just smaller than I had imagined that it was going to be. Um, but... Other than that, it's a very typical antique autos. The theming to it is really cool, but it's not anything special. It's like any antique autos that you would ride at Cedar Point or King's Dominion or Kennywood if they had an antique autos. But um, it was a cool addition that filled some space. Um, and, you know, kind of balanced out a little more of the family-style, family-inclusive rides of that section of the park. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. That section needed something. I mean, they have Shake, Rattle, and Roll right there, but that back half of Coney Mall had sort of just started turning into Thrill Central, kind of. I mean, I guess you do have 
Windseeker, but it, it needed something in that spot. And that was just really, I mean, honestly, that was, we had seen for, I, I'm going to say it's almost, it was a decade. There was really nothing there. Like, especially once Dinosaurs Alive was gone, there was not even an entry area. I mean, the year before that, we had a smoking area there. And then, well, last season, we had a smoking area there until they made the Antique Cars announcement. And, you know, that was, and they had the old Flight Commander pad, which was just a big mound with a concrete pad on it and nothing really going on. So, yeah, I mean, definitely the area needed something. Uh do you think they made the right choice going back to antique cars and not going with a couple flat rides, you know, cuz you you could argue you could fit two good flat rides in there. As far as antique cars over flat rides, I think that they made a good choice. But I would have went with maybe not a a uh, gas model. Maybe electric. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But... For a, a few reasons, but uh, I don't know. I just I think that was really the only poor decision that was made. Okay. Um, yeah, and so for those listening, again, we have uh, just posted the gallery online uh, from Kings Mills Antique Autos. We have an on-ride video with Brent driving a little slower so you guys can see everything along the ride. Uh, we were one of the first riders on Kings Mills Antique Autos. We weren't lined up at 2, two 3 o'clock at the parking gate to be the first. So, you know, it is what it is there. But definitely we posted some great content on Kings Mills Antique Autos. So, um, next up, yeah, we'll talk about Firehawk. Uh, Firehawk is gone-ish. Uh, we've got massive land clearing back there. Uh, you guys, all you listeners, can tell us if you're Team Giga, Team Dive, Team Wing Coaster. Uh, there's, I, I know a lot of people are Team Giga right now, obviously, and I assume you are as well, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, as long as it's not another overrated Giga. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we've got massive land clearing. Firehawk is all gone, except for the trains, the photo booth, the entrance, the queue, and one piece the of track. Piece of track. One piece of track. Uh, so, but the land is all cleared off. Uh, it, it's a very open space. We both saw that from the Eiffel Tower. Uh, it stretches back to racers turnaround, which I didn't expect. I expected dinosaurs alive, but to stretch that far. Um, it could be a nice size Giga, and I mean, they may even be going further than that. I don't think it's all one project. I do, but we will have to wait and see. And again, for those listening, we do have an update. I did post an update, a uh, construction update. It's video and pictures showing off all of the area, uh, and, and it is pretty big. I honestly don't feel like it's big enough just yet for the Giga Coaster, if you factor in Lift Hill, unless they're going to take it the other direction towards, like, Adventure Express behind Flight of Fear further and then turn it around and go back towards... Um, let's just hope they don't get too close to the Beast, because Diamondback has already done that. We all know it's going to be a vertical lift. It's, it's cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm one of the few people that will 
honestly say I wish it was Intamin, not B&M. Uh, as long as it's not the coma, I'm happy. <laughs> so that's uh, that's about it for the land clearing. Let's uh, speak of the beast. Let's talk about the beast 40th anniversary celebration, which has kicked off. Uh, we've got a photo op, a new photo op, which is really cool. Um, we've got this developing wall of history. I mean, and when I say developing, I mean the picture we posted Friday night. Uh, of the wall with the history on it. They added like two more pictures and little fact pieces to the wall. So maybe throughout the season, we're going to have even more. I noticed in the queue, they were playing some audio from interviews of opening year of the beast, as well as going up the ramp. We saw the uh, just different little facts about the beast. Um, So definitely some great touches for the 40th anniversary. We did see that uh, for those who were around, we saw that for the beast uh, 25th anniversary, they were actually playing, they made a special video in, in association with Ace and all of that. And also, the sort of return of the footprints. Um, my opinion on that one is the footprints should have come back all the way. If you were going to bring them back, bring them back. Uh, they are supposed to start at the front of the park, not just the little alleyway that leads you to the beast. Just a little pet peeve there, I guess, or a little aggravated with that, but glad to see some of the footprints have made it back. Um, we'll talk about the t-shirt thing here in a separate, a separate, uh, discussion in a moment, but, uh, what do you think of the Beast 40 celebration stuff, merchandise and otherwise? Uh, I think, you know, a lot of the merchandise is really cool. I am personally holding out any judgments until a couple weeks, make sure we get all of our merchandise out. Uh, but from what I've seen, there's some really cool merchandise. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about like all the stuff that's going on in the queue and the historic? Oh, I love stuff? to. I love to see all of the signs and stuff. Um, I wish I would have had a little more time standing in line without people pushing me through to be able to read all the signs in the queue, uh, which I have all season for that. But I think it's really cool. The one thing that really surprises me is I knew that there was water around the the turnaround and storage bay area i never realized what what it looked like and i am now starting a campaign to bring back the water (laughs) it looks really good i i agree um and i have never seen it in person had never seen the water in person either even like growing up in the area in the state uh but yeah i would agree the water looks really really nice and i know if i say you know bringing back the water could mean having to get rid of vortex that would make you campaign even harder so um, I will personally help you tear down Vortex. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would have helped, too, if it meant we got to keep Firehawk. So. Yeah. Um, so getting into the shirt campaign. Um, the shirts are, first of all, the 40th anniversary shirts where they did the, they gave the first 40 trains or so a free T-shirt. Uh, size large. You could ask for an XL, and I you said that you heard them say they had youth sizes at one point as well. Correct. Um, so the the way they did it, I mean, it was good, but I think it could have been handled a little better. I'm not going to criticize any team's operation because I know I've been there before. We've both been there before in the operations field of a ride or, or a park that you you write a plan, and when you've never done it before – you just have to kind of roll with the punches and execute what you can. 
Um, Absolutely. I will say, though, I don't know that it was the best idea to say we're going to open the coaster at 930, but not hand out shirts until 10. Because that basically just backed up the whole... Uh, well, it backed up a line all the way from the entrance uh, back to Planet Snoopy, at least, when we got there. So, yeah. um, I, I don't know. I mean, and last season we had the whole, you know, Beast didn't even open until 10 o'clock most mornings. So, they had a rope drop next to the train station, and I think that was better. I mean, you could have formed a line there and just said, okay, or just dropped the rope. I mean, I guess it would have been kind of a mob-style run to the entrance. But, I, I, I don't know. I just think there could have been... A different way to do it. Uh, I'm not going to, again, criticize Don, his team, the operations team. I uh, really appreciate the free shirts, and uh, it's just one more piece of the celebration. So we'll just go from there and see see what else uh, happens as the season goes along. I'm sure at Coaster Stock we'll get tons of great more information, interviews, uh, supposed to be a couple of speakers, key to the beast, um, and key to King's Island's history. Uh, so and I know we're really excited to hear those people talk at the uh at coaster stock. So any other thoughts on the beast and, and anything like with that? I like the new trains. Well not new trains, new train colors. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, good call. I forgot to mention that. Trains look really, really nice. Uh I, I agree with you there. Um Yeah. Trains are, are looking really spectacular, honestly. I, I like the, the, I guess they call it the fire scheme or the flame scheme or something like that. Uh, yeah, so the, the Beast 40 celebration well underway. I think it was good. And I will say, though, I think that that shirt idea, and I, I mentioned this to you yesterday when we were in the park, I think the shirt idea was a, a great idea um, because it made sure that Kings Mills Antique Autos didn't get swamped with like a three-hour line right off the start of the day. Right, um, just the beast with the three-hour line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, and you said, you joked, and I remembered, said that uh, that was the longest uh, line the beast has probably had since since it opened. And I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm sure it's had longer lines through the years, too, because you got to remember other coasters weren't there for a long time either. But yeah, I get the joke. I get what you're saying. Um, any other takeaway? Oh, we got one more thing. River City Brew House, or wait, Miami Miami River Brew House. Um, Red's Grill Changeover. <laughs> um, the Brew House, yes. The Brew House. That's probably how it's going to get called from now. I mean, that's probably what the park frequent goers like us are going to call it eventually anyway, is the Brew House. And I still call it Montgomery Inn because Montgomery Inn was the best thing that's been there. And I'll say that it still was the best thing that's been there, even after eating at the brew house this weekend. Um, the cod sandwich, you had the cod sandwich. Want to go ahead and tell us about that? It's called London Bridge, by the way, the cod sandwich. It is a very large piece of cod that spills over the side of the um, bun with a some kind of slaw relish. Yeah, it was like a mustard slaw, like yeah. kale and, and some like other pieces, like slaw, but with kale slaw, mustard kale slaw. Yeah, it was, I, I mean, I'm not knocking it in, in, in any means. It was really good. Really, the whole sandwich was really good. And I'm a huge tater tot fan, so pairing that with tater tots was an amazing um, choice and meal across the board there. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and and they've got a wonderful. Uh, I had the three pigs, which was the pork sliders. Personal opinion on that. Uh, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with the sliders. You could get a lot more pork and a lot more value on your meal plan because we're on the meal plan, obviously, uh, at Coney Barbecue. If you're looking to get like pork, I mean, I, I kind of expected to have that feedback coming out uh, of eating there, but I didn't expect it to be that strong. The other thing I will say, and we'll give it a couple weeks and we'll update everybody if it happens. And I know you like tater tots, so you're not complaining as much as I am. But right. all, all of the sides on the menu cost the same as the tater tots or even a dollar or less. But if you are on the meal plan, we were being told you cannot change your side from tater tots. And to me, that's a bit ridiculous. I understand what they're trying to do. I understand if it speeds up the kitchen. But it's kind of ridiculous when you can go to Coney Barbecue or other places and literally choose your side from the side menu. But you go to Brew House and you can only get tots. The tots are great. The tots are delicious. Don't get me wrong. I really like them. Or They're calling them potato barrels, but they're tater tots for everybody. Um, so uh, I just think, you know, that would be my one feedback to King, the Kings Island team is make the sides open to everybody. Let everybody pick the side they want. The mac and cheese looks delicious. I would love to try it, but I'm not going to pay $5 for it. That's why I buy a meal plan. So rant right. over. <laughs> rant over off the soapbox. And then some of our friends, uh, uh, Rebecca and Doug and David and Alex, uh, who are part of, uh, they have a Facebook page called Amusing Eats. So everybody be sure to check them out. Um, they um, got some other food items later in the day, and uh, we were there to see it. The hot dog actually looks really good. Um, Rebecca even told us that, told me in a, a message that it was probably the best thing, she, best hot dog she's ever had in an amusement park, which kind of speaks volumes. <laughs> um, and that has like sauerkraut and stuff on it. The, they got the BBLT, which is like double the bacon or something, right? Uh, it's a lot of bacon. Yeah. Um, it looks good. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not a BLT person cause I don't like lettuce and tomato and I know you really don't either. So but the sandwich no. looks good. <laughs> sandwich looks good. I mean, almost to the point, I, w I would consider getting the BBLT and just taking off the lettuce and tomato and having a bacon and spicy mayo sandwich. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they like, got it, some... look, it did look that good. And they've got some good fresh-made sauces, uh, in-house sauces. And the pickles in the restaurant are really good. They're probably from a jar, but they're really good. And... Um, what else did they try? Oh, that's right. David tried the clucks and barrels. Um, they have gone to the hand-breaded chicken wings. That is like breaking news for everybody across the park down here. Hand-breaded uh, or head, not wings, hand-breaded chicken tenders um, at the brew house. So that's really exciting to see them move away from the frozen. Uh, shout out to Chef Majors and Chef Nate uh, for stepping up the food game. They're definitely Cedar Fair overall is definitely miles ahead of other brands in the regional aspect of things. I mean, we ate at Six Flags in St. Louis. I mean, it was okay. There was nothing great. The service was nice, but there was nothing spectacular about it. And uh, 
Cedar Fair's definitely been stepping up the food game in the past few years, and it's starting to show at more and more parks in more and more places. Um, we're hearing tons of great food reviews coming out of Carowinds. So the food game is coming, and I can't wait to try everything new at Cedar Point if they can manage to staff it long enough to keep it open more than a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hashtag frontier foldovers. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's about all we have, I think, from Kings I have I one other thing out of Kings, End of Kings Island. Okay. Invertigo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Stinger trains. Stinger train. They got new trains. Not really a huge uh, deal, but you know, got a new train, and it's nice to see some other parks donating their newer equipment to keep other parks running. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sure those trains. I mean, it's been long said that they were. It's been said that they were long gone, which clearly they're not. Um, it's been said Firehawks trains are headed to to Carolina for Nighthawks upkeep. Um. So we shall see when that happens. I'm sure they'll be headed off sooner, sooner than later. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, any other takeaways or things you want to share from your weekend at Kings Island? I cannot think of anything at the moment. No, I think we covered everything. Yeah, I think we did. Uh, it was definitely an exciting weekend. I wish it would have been a little warmer, but, uh, you know. That's a definite. Yeah, or at least drier. I mean, it, I could have handled the 40s and 50s if it had been drier, but um, I mean, well, we did, we handled it anyways. But uh, would have been nice to, to ride and everything. So uh, that's gonna about wrap up this episode. Uh, thanks again for joining in, Brent, and uh, I'm sure we'll have, we'll have uh, more adventures coming up throughout the season. Um, we. Uh, have a cruise coming up later in the year, Mardi Gras now next year, next fall. So we'll be sharing a lot of content on the website about Mardi Gras and everything with that leading up to the cruise next year. And we have Harmony of the Seas on Royal Caribbean later this year. So we'll be doing that. Coaster stock is literally like four or five weeks away right now. So we're literally a month away from all of that excitement at Kings Island. Tons of stuff coming up. So everybody just make sure you Subscribe to this podcast. Uh, definitely go subscribe to our YouTube page. I'm throwing content out left and right right now. Um, website is is uh, getting a post every other day at the moment. And I've got tons of content still to share from Kings Island. So make sure you like and subscribe to everything. Uh, my name is Jim from WildGravityTravelCast.com or WildGravityTravels.com on the Wild Gravity Travelcast. Uh, thanks for listening and have a great week ahead. Enjoy the parks as they all are starting to open.